0: Welcome back to our Walk the World vlog series. I am thrilled today to have my colleague, um, Ben Charles, uh, who is joined us as the Hope Print team almost a year and a half, I think we're officially at now um, yeah. over the line and to have him share a bit of his story with you and a lot of the wisdom that he he brings to this conversation around culture and the globe and people and humanity. And so very excited to be um, talking with you today, Ben. And if you wouldn't mind, could you just start us off? I obviously have the privilege of getting to know you a bit better, but for some people here, they may have never met you. So so who are you? what's a little snapshot of your journey that brings you to this conversation?
1: Yeah, I'll try to be pretty brief on it because it is a pretty extensive journey. Um, I was born in Pakistan I grew up there in a um, in a culture I would say uh, uh, that's different than the predominant culture of Pakistan so culture is in Pakistan is determined by the religion, so I was born in, in a different religion and that really determined my journey and how I got to the United States. Uh, because of religious persecution in 2006, um, me and my family relocated to the United States, in particular to New York. Um, that's where I, I grew up on Long Island, New York for most of my life. Um, I'd gone out to school in Oklahoma and met my wife there who was from Syracuse uh, so that's what brought me here to Syracuse and to Whole Print. Um, I always had the interest and the passion to work with New Americans and refugees and immigrants in uh, in the Syracuse area. Um, and um, yeah, that's what brought me to Whole Print at right at the at the cusp of the pandemic. So I uh, I've been here for a year and a half, as Nicole mentioned. That is a very brief <laughs> snapshot or the elevator pitch of my. Uh, journey here.
0: Perfect. Thank you. And we'll get into a little bit more as we go along here. But Mm -hmm. as you know, this is a and we mentioned before, a, a part of the Walk the World um, series here. And so we're virtually walking around the globe. And today we are walking through virtually Pakistan, uh, your birthplace. And so I know we can go, we can all Google these days, look it up online and and try to see some snapshots and some pictures. But uh, if you wouldn't mind just using your words, if we were actually in Pakistan walking um, in person today, what might be some of the things that we would see?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So I actually had the opportunity in 2017 to go back to Pakistan. and That kind of brought a um, more broadened perspective what the country looks like now. Because when I left in 2006, it was a very different place and from what it is now in 2017. So, I would say it depends on the location where you're at in Pakistan. So, Pakistan is a very diverse in its, um, in its geography. So in the south, it, it, it's, um, it borders the Arabian Sea, and then all the way uh, as you move north, you go through some islands and, and then forests, and then all the way up into the Himalayan mountains. So it's very different in each city that you go to. Some um, cities are modern that you can't even distinguish between some modern American cities and Pakistani modern cities. Um, and then others are very rural and you see like, <laughs> I don't know, like farmland everywhere and like cows occupying streets with vehicles. Um, so it, is, it, it has a variety of experiences that you can like uh, have in, the, in its geography
0: beautiful someday I hope to actually get to see it so you spent your your childhood immersed in at least your young childhood immersed in Pakistan you move here to the United States which has not only one culture it has a multitude of cultures right as as you you noted, so does Pakistan. Um, so you, you are a child of many cultures, at least exposed to to them. Um, but what is your family culture, your ancestral culture as your family made that major move? What are some of the aspects that they held on to that, that really are, have imprinted you personally as, as a part of being a Pakistani American?
1: Yeah, I would say, so I came at a, Fairly, um, you know, peculiar age, or I don't know if that's the right word, but an age where I had experienced Pakistan enough, like more than I would say than my siblings. Right, so I was 11 years old when I landed in New York, and I had a, had 10 years of experience in Pakistan and the and in the culture. Um, and I would say, in Pakistan, the culture is predominantly, as I said earlier, defined by the religion and your class system and how you're born into it so there is uh, my nationality is Pakistani but ethnically I'm um, different right so there's a different ethnic group within Pakistan and one of them is Punjabi and that's what I find myself I'm half that and half another but I most closely adhere to the Punjabi culture and that is a very hospitable por- culture so like um especially the, the religion that uh, they follow if you're not familiar is Sikhism. That's what, um, that's what my ancestral religion might have been. I don't know when, um, but at one point it was. But what that brought on is that like you, there is an ultimate respect for everything and everyone. Um, so people fall into that regardless of what they look like. So there is a, there is a very universal belief and, and what that means. So everyone is seen as same as you. Um, and I think that accompanied us to, um, to the United States. Um, we did assimilate a lot. Our parents wanted us to succeed. So assimilation was a big part of like how we integrated into the society. So, you know, my parents did their best to not, like, as you can might tell, uh, like my English, I, I like I really worked hard on that because I thought that was like a key component in language and how it would um, and how I would integrate into the society. Um, but it was, it, was, uh, it was, I would say, food is a very big part of that culture. It's so, you know, you welcome anyone and everyone to your home, cook a meal for them. Um, and uh, we talked about it briefly. Um, similar to an Italian culture where you don't, you show up and then the food starts cooking then, and then you take five hours to cook the meal and you're just, um, you know, preparing it together and sitting and talking, um, that is a very big component, but it's the other, uh, i say aspects of the culture are, it's a very honor culture as well. So you, um, everything that you do is correlation to the honor that you bring, to the societal group or the family group and all that. I think that, that's, some of, the, some of the aspects of that have stripped away, but some of them have stayed, um, you know. Um, the closeness, I would say the, the bonding of families, very big part of it and how um, in Pakistan my, we all lived in my grandfather's house. Like my dad was the youngest of 11 And he still was living in his dad's house. It was large enough that like everyone had their own space and like multiple families, some my aunts and uncles, all of us lived in this huge, I would say mansion. And yeah, that was like for part of my life, we did that. And my dad probably was the first one to break (laughs) the norm on that and leave. as I guess, um, and we did and we got our own house, but it was like very abnormal to do that. So, um, and then uh, I think it, it kind of allowed us to, yeah, it was a divergence that I think was uh, important and kind of was important and a, kind of a great segue into what we got to the American society where kids immediately leave um, their parental household as they turn of age or whatever they may be. Um, I hope that kind of answered it. I think it was a pretty broad yeah. answer, but it could yes. try to cover um, as many aspects. It it as
0: no, as it. was, it's perfect. You, you answered not only one question, you answered two. So we'll move on to the next one. Um, so the, the culture, you just named so many beautiful aspects of the culture. Um, what do you feel like when people think of Pakistan Pakistani people, Pakistani cultural are there aspects of it that you feel like sometimes people misunderstand? if so what what have you come across
1: Yeah so I, I would say the bit the biggest uh, misunderstanding is um, not understanding the ethnic diversity that exists in Pakistan I think uh, there is a multiple ethnic groups and all of them came out of these you know uh, their own ways, like, you know, there's Iranians that were there, uh, Indian groups that existed within that. So it's a, to say, I'd say, I think it's very important to recognize that like, as Americans, we might be American, but we might be ethnically or racially diverse, diverse, right? It's same for Pakistan. Um, There's many different people groups that exist within, that might look actually, similar to each other but are very diverse in the, uh, in their ethnic background and in their uh, and in their culture in, in turn there's also um, I don't hold me to it I think about 15 different major languages that are spoken and all of like government or official documents have to be translated in all different ones um, some like we have states, there are provinces. Some provinces don't even speak the language I speak and speak a completely different language. So you, when you might visit a different part of your country. There's a communication barrier. I and mean, then how to figure out, so especially in the South, there's a completely different language. We, when we lived there for part of my life, um, I did like start learning that language as well, but it never like really stuck with me because I never practiced it. But it was it was important that you like if you were in that region, that language was so predominant um, in that region that um, you spoke that and that went with like the types of food that existed in each of those regions in the south. there's more of a seafood or I would say like a fisherman society or, uh, or culture. And then in the, as you move up, um, there's more um, just meat, like, poultry or livestock that's, like, consumed rather than fish. Um, And food is, like, prepared differently, too. Um, I want, what else? I think even cultural celebrations look different in in those regions. Um, I find myself in a unique place. So my uh, great-grandfather was from the Southern part of Pakistan. And my great grandma was from the Northern part of Pakistan. So, um, and there's a complexion difference too. So the Southerns are darker and then the, as you move North it's lighter. So I'm actually like 50, 50 split between that exactly. So, um, and then that, and that, and that culture looks completely different The Northern, um, they're more tribal in the North. Um, and people look different, and the culture is very based as, as tribal cultures are. Um, and languages groups are very, uh, almost like indigenous languages here in the United States. So, very, um, there might be like three to four hundred people that speak that particular language, and no one else does. Um, yeah.
0: Yes. I have a feeling a whole lot of people learning did not recognize or realize how diverse Pakistan is. I know I learned a lot just from what you were just sharing. So right. uh, that is a good piece for us just to always remember. You know, I think in general, we mm-hmm. we think of the world through our own lens. And when we like just go in closer and can learn from people, it's amazing the things that we just we just assumed or took for granted or didn't even realize that we were, were labeling or are making assumptions on. So thank you for breaking some of those down for us. Um, So our stories, like your story, I know played a huge role um, in forming things that you're passionate about, that you care about uh, as stories often do, right? Um, How, what is something in your life or what are some of the aspects of your own story that, that has kind of impacted what you feel passionate about that has formed your story, your career, um, directly or indirectly?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you're correct that, like, um, my story in particular, and I really brought me to the place where I'm at now. Um, and now I, I think the experience more so wasn't so um, related back to the ancestral home. I always felt like I didn't belong there, right? So that was a big part of the journey. But then when I got to the United States, I also felt like I didn't belong here. So just like um, in a way being, if I can use that term, homeless um, and not knowing uh, where do you fit in the all of this was a big part of it, um, and uh, and assimilation to the culture was was played a huge role in how um, how it formed me and what I would do later on in life. I saw the struggle not only for myself but what my siblings did and the people that I saw in my life. There was other, um, you know, after my, my family came over, other. Um, my other aunts and uncles have since relocated to America. And I saw their struggle even first because of the age difference. So like some of their kids were actually, some of them were already in high school or something when they came here. And then not being able to like understand the language at all. I think that language played a pretty big role in it. And then also uh, how the um, culture, the American culture, or the American pop culture, let me say that, um, played into it and how you integrated into it. I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you, but I think like one of the, the greatest realization of the, the cultural change and um, what it meant and how it would like lead me here was me walking into, a, I think it was a Walmart for the first time and realizing the, the amount of options we had on the shelves as... Uh, as American consumers was really eye opening. And it was like, how do you navigate as a person who's just came here and don't even understand maybe like 60% of those items on those shelves and like understanding um, what is good for you, what is bad for you, or like, wh- like how do you use this even? Um, and I, I wanted to be part of that process in people's lives and like helping them navigate uh, the American culture, the American society, in a way that I, I might have not had help, and also like have positive like role models, role models that existed in their life. Which for me, like I never saw someone who looked like me succeed in a way. Maybe in the the typical roles that we might see them, but not in um, you know, you know. When I looked up a haircut. Like, you know, you, as an American, you can look up, like, what kind of haircut you did. I would never saw someone that looked like me or had hair like me. So I couldn't, like, like, so I think that's, like, that's the best way I can describe it's it. So, like, o'clock. helping people understand that there's that um, diversity, especially in the, in the community that you find yourself here in Syracuse, that you can relate and you can navigate the space really well and help people do so is really what formed you know, my passion and what I do currently but,
0: I love it. I, I think there's a whole lot more that we could go into in this. But is there, as we land this conversation, whether it's in your role as the Syracuse area director for HopePrint or just as a person who has experienced the journey of migration and of all the things that you have journeyed through, is there one or even two things that you just want to make sure people hear as they walk away from this discussion?
1: Yeah. A really good question, too.: I think one of the most important parts, I think um, a lot of times we find ourselves um, I would speak personally for myself, right? We're trying to uh, try to be very culturally competent in the cultures that we might come. And um, it's a process, it's a learning process, and it takes a lot of education um, to get to that place. But I would, but I would suggest like going one step further and like adding on cultural humility as part of the practices that we do and understanding, and um, to integrating that into your uh, into a holistic view of cultures and how we interact with them, and um, that cross-cultural communication and what how it plays into it. As a, um, just educate yourself that one step further.
0: That's an excellent word. Well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story. You know, one of the things I continuously remember is how sacred stories are. And so I just really appreciate you being willing to share yours with us. Um, and I hope for those of you who are listening that you walked away with something, um, whether it's that last word, I encourage you to hold on to that last word that um, that Ben just shared, um, or anything else just to open our minds and our perspectives and understandings of our fellow human family and the globe that we share, which is what part of at least what this journey is all about so hope that you're walking away with that and we will look forward to seeing you in the next episode thank you again ben
1: thank you for having me pleasure to talk to you